Hello, and welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blogcast. This is episode 197, and uh, I'm still in New York, and I I feel like I'll be here forever. <laughs> There's a way where you start to feel like, oh, right, I'm I'm like I'm like a germ, and I cannot go anywhere without taking it all with me, ever again. Hmm. Um, but I'm still here, so you know I can't. I have I've, nothing to complain about. Uh, and I have ordered a jigsaw puzzle and a jigsaw puzzle mat. I, I didn't think I could do a jigsaw puzzle in this apartment because there's just no space to like put it. Like there's not like a place where you could even set up a card table and like leave it there. Like it, there's just there's just not the room. Um, but. I found a strange YouTube channel all about jigsaw puzzles. This is a crazy world we live in. And, uh, and learned about the existence of something called a jigsaw puzzle mat, which you put your jigsaw puzzle on and then you just roll it up. I, it's going to change my life. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I don't know yet. I don't have it. And it's going to take at least two weeks to get here. But I think it's going to be good. Uh, when you can't go outside all that much, a jigsaw puzzle is the only answer, in my opinion. <clears throat> so that's coming. Two weeks from now, I'll get a puzzle and a mat, and I'll let you know how it goes. Um, and I'm sure we'll still be exactly where we are two weeks from now. How are you guys doing? I mean, I didn't realize, like, how bad New York was until I realized, like, it's the worst in the country, and the country is the worst in the world in terms of coronavirus. So, you know, you do feel a little paranoid every time you need to take a nap because you're tired for a second. And you're like, oh, God, did I, did I catch it at the grocery store? But I don't think so. He, I, here's, I learned a lot about viral load, and it really matters how much virus you get exposed to. So probably I am getting a little dose at the grocery store, and that's probably good because that then, you know, increases the possibility for immunity, and you don't get the, if you get the thing, you don't get it bad. Anyway, I think even if I have been exposed, my viral load is very small because, yeah. Anyway, that's a lot about coronavirus, huh? I'm not talking about it. Yeah, I'm going to actually talk about it a little bit more. But I'm just talking about art and this situation. Uh, today, that's my, that's my plan. I'm, I'm not talking to a lot of people. So, uh, if I'm a little chattier at the beginning of this intro than I usually am, that's probably why. Um, yeah. So, uh, today's blog, uh, is about toilet paper. It's not really about toilet paper. I, I, it, it's technically, I make some mention of toilet paper, but it is not actually about toilet paper. It's just that everybody's talking about toilet paper since everyone went crazy and decided that toilet paper was the thing there needed to be a run on. Oh, boy. I'm not worried about the toilet paper. I'm worried about the tortillas. There are no tortillas to be had in Astoria, New York. I mean, there are some. There's a handful. You can usually find, like, a pesto-flavored tortilla, but nobody wants that. It's not really a tortilla. It's a wrap. We don't want that. We don't want that. We want, like, a big burrito-sized tortilla, and they are impossible to find. I mean, not impossible. We have found them, but um, it's really, that's like, that's the hot item here in Astoria, tortillas. Anyway, here it is, toilet paper and art. 
My improviser friend used to talk about his craft being toilet paper, that you pulled off a square and then threw it away. It was impermanent, and that was its appeal. It was a uniquely disposable craft. In our new toilet paper-obsessed society, I'm not sure this analogy works anymore. No one is hoarding improvisers. They're stuck at home like the rest of us, their skills going wanting. But I had already been thinking about this analogy fairly often, even before the coronavirus made us fetishize toilet paper. I was thinking about it in relationship to things made on the internet, which often feel like toilet paper art as well. That is, we make something, we put it on the internet, and the internet does whatever it's going to do with it, and then it gets washed away in the flow of whatever happens next. Almost nothing has a sense of permanence. The first website I was a part of making was back in 2002, and it really felt like we were constructing a building. Our designer created a bit of art out of the art we had made, and we felt it would be around forever. When I made a MySpace page, I thought of it as a place, and a place where people would visit and spend time. I thought they would click around and listen to everything. I continue to have this old-fashioned view of what happens online. When the virus sent everyone home, I thought, oh, now's the time that someone will start reading the back catalog of this blog. Someone's about to go very deep into the library of songs for the struggling artist. But of course, no one's doing that. They're not even reading the most recent blogs. In fact, the views on both my blogs have never been lower. I suspect that this is mostly because everyone is panic reading all they can find about the virus and shutdowns and quarantines and such, but also because everything on the internet is disposable. We don't go looking for interesting corners to click around in anymore. We don't read anyone's entire oeuvre or listen to anyone's entire repertoire. We just watch the stream of information and ideas go by and pick out whatever looks interesting to us. Sometimes something comes up from the past, but for the most part, we consume our internet in an ever-present present. It's all toilet paper now. As a person who makes things that live in this digital space, I don't love this. I don't find it encouraging. It's hard to put one's heart and soul and sweat and skill into something and watch it sink into the stream, never to be seen again. It can be just as discouraging to, say, put on a play and have not many people come to see it, but at least in the live medium, you have the moment, you have the exchange. One of my favorite performance experiences ever was a show we put on for one audience member. No one showed up but her, but we didn't cancel, and it was extraordinary. In remembering watching her watching it, I am transported to the sense of wonder on her face. That look is sustaining. Even all these years later, in a way that a few likes on a post that disappeared into the internet ocean are not. And now everyone's live streaming because what else can they do? It feels like you could fill a day with all the live concerts and performances that are suddenly popping up in a Facebook feed. Now, it seems, with everything shut down, the disposable nature of making things on the internet becomes even more disposable. 
We do it today and forget about it tomorrow. The endless scroll of many social media sites makes it feel like the internet happens in front of us, and it is seductive and hard to break free of. I know it's hard for me to stop watching the flotsam go by, to go purposely look at something more permanent that I want to know about. But I suppose that's my plea, that while we're stuck at home, largely online, that we all go clicking around in the weird places on the internet like in the old days. Go investigate somebody's entire webcomic. Watch all of a choreographer's recorded dances. Explore the back catalog of someone's writings. There are so many stories that got placed, hopefully, up on the web, never to be seen again. It's not like watching someone's live performance in a theater by yourself, of course, but taking a deep dive in some artist's pool might offer something a little different than what floats by every day. It might all be toilet paper, but some of it has been carefully sculpted into something wonderful, somewhere. There are a lot of undiscovered treasures that have sunk to the bottom of the internet ocean, hoping to one day be revealed. Go diving, if you can. So it looks like I posted this on the 20th of March, which was just, I think, a few days into New York's shutdown. Um, I, I, so I, And I probably wrote it not long before I posted it, but at least, yeah. So this was like right at the beginning. It feels like a different time, and it was only five weeks ago, which is, oh, I guess it's a month ago that I posted this exactly, because today's the 20th of April. So a month ago is when I, yeah. Anyway, we. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, it's still true, though. I, I feel like it's a little bit less harried, I think, out there in the internet wilds. Like, it's not like people are constantly putting on Zoom shows, although it's close. But it's not, it, I feel like all of the theater world like instantly was like, we'll keep going, we'll make things, but do them online. And and now they've realized that it, it's actually not easy and that sometimes people don't even watch and any number of realizations that the rest of us are like, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. So, I, yeah, it, I feel like the, the climate has changed a little bit, but I still, I mean, people are not hanging out in the dark corners of the internet. Oh, the dark corners, probably. But, you know, the, like, quirky corners, the, like, hey, what's this kind of corners? That's, I don't think that's happening yet. And it may never happen again. Sigh. Okay, so um, the song I have for you is not one that I have recorded recently. I actually recorded this, gosh, years and years ago. I don't know how many. Um, and this song I wrote for uh, my friend Bethany and her husband, or it was for her wedding, so it, it was for their them as a couple. Um, they asked me, to, well, she asked me to write a song for them for their for their wedding, um, which is a st stressful thing to do, by the way. And but it was actually it was cool, um, but not easy. Um, 
so yeah, we had a whole conversation about like what sort of stuff about her relationship and what kind of ideas um, might float through or, you know, metaphors or images or whatever. And this is what we came up with. Um, So I'm going to give it to you here today because it's about the ocean. And I feel like this metaphor of the internet as the ocean sort of folds in nicely. And this is one of the few songs that I've written over the years that has not made it onto the blogcast at some point. So I figured its its moment had 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 come. Um, you'll hear like this is before I had this fancy mic, um, and before I was too worried about you know doing stuff uh, for sound. So it's a it's kind of a raw recording back 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 in the day. Um, is there anything else I need to tell you about it? I don't think so. Um, so it'll be here in just a minute. I'm not sure what it's called. Sometimes I think, I, I think I've called it the ocean song. I've also called it All Sides. I've called it You're an Ocean. I don't know. You know, it's got one of those titles. <laughs> and uh, before I send you on your way to listen to the song, you're not going anywhere. You're listening right here, right now. Or you could stop. You could also do that. Um uh, if you want to check out the other podcast I'm working on called The Dragoning, um, we have one episode up. It is on Spotify and Anchor at the moment. It should be in those other locations eventually. Um, it's not yet, but fingers crossed. Um, and we are in the middle of making the second episode now. I am furiously emailing with many people, um, and there are bits and pieces and it should finish up sometime this week, is my thought, if we if all goes well. So you can hear that first if you donate to that uh, campaign, which is uh, Indiegogo. Um, the link is in the show notes here if you want to get access to that as soon as it drops. Um, so, yeah, look out for that if you're interested. If you want to support this podcast, which, you know, thank you if you do. Um, there are, of course, the sharing, the podcast is good, the liking, subscribing, giving stars, following all of the things that you can do in the various platforms. If you would like to support this particular struggling artist, uh, in these struggling times, please, uh, join me on Patreon, patreon.com slash Amelia R. Davis. I would be honored and, and greatly moved to have your support there. Um, there's also Kofi and PayPal. Uh, those links are all in the show notes also. So if you, if you, if you feel like joining the, the, the party, that'd be amazing. Anyway, here now, uh, for your listening experience <laughs> is, uh, a song written for Bethany and Corey called, we don't know what it's called, but here, but the ocean song, I'm going to go with the ocean song, ocean song. When I was a child, I was wowed by the ocean, stunned by the beauty of the waves, drawn to the length and the line of the horizon, enthralled by the power that it gave. I'd stand waist deep in the water as it lifted me, then placed me gently back again. 
And when one knocked me down, I'd laugh and rise again, shake the sand out of my suit, and I'd run right back in cold as sand to love that ocean all over again. measure it so I've got some to say. I dive deep down in the water and it still lifts me and then I dive deep down again. And if it knocks me down, I've learned which way to swim. All the years of working hard have taught me strength within beyond whim. And I see more each time I jump back in. I said, you are there to love me, you are on